Hello, and welcome to the Old Gravy Podcast. I'm sitting here with uh, an old friend of mine, Brian Powell. Spent a little time in the radio business in Philadelphia with uh, his show, Your Money in Politics. And the reason um, I got him here today is because uh, I'm I'm doing a little bit of payback because uh, I used to be a co-host on his Money in Politics show back in Philadelphia on IQ 106.9. And he's sitting here with me today, and we're going to talk... Uh, we're going to talk politics today. That's what we did. We were supposed to talk about money and politics on the old show, but it always ended up just talking about politics. Always. That was, uh, we'd always drift. You, you you were supposed to be making money on that show, but the politics, we always kind of went down that road. Well, the politics are fun. They're, it's interesting. For me. Yeah. 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 You were the, the financial watchdog, though. I What's... What makes you think that I'm still not? Hey, no, you are. You are. You're still the financial watchdog. I am the watchdog. All right. So we're going to do plenty of politics today, but we're we're not going to talk about day to day politics. We're we're going to talk about narratives. So, you know, when I, I did my you know I used to do my show and I go do a seminar, yeah, like live seminars. Yeah. I ask how many people listen to the show. Half the room would raise their hand. They were your fans. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I well, think most of those people are dead now because it's old people that I talk to. <laughs> so that's not going to help the podcast. Yeah, no. Not going to help the podcast at all. So what we're going to talk about today, and I'm going to want your I want your input on this. Is, is this the inaugural podcast? No, I've done tons of these. You have? Yeah, I've been around a long time. Old Gravy? Oh, the Old Gravy podcast. With OG. Your OG? Yeah, the original old guy. The original old guy. That yeah. would be OOG. OOG. Just old guy. guy. You can just go with OG, the old guy. I prefer to say UG. All right. We got to cover <laughs> uh, we got to cover a lot of material today. All right. Because we're going to talk about narratives. And by and, the way, thanks for having me. I love it. No, I'm glad you're here. So, we're going to talk about narratives today and it, it's kind of the Biden family narrative. Um Oh, the Biden family. Yeah. The Biden it, crime family. So, well, that's I actually are you familiar with the word Shylock? No. You never, you know what a Shylock is? No. It's they're guys that make loans, and you get charged a real high interest rate. Loan uh, sharks. It, loan sharks are called Shylocks. Actually, I, I do some loan sharks it, for real. Um, yeah. But did you know the expression Shylock? No. Shylock. I always thought it. It is an Irish term. It's like like Irish mobsters. They're they're Shylocks. You know, they loan money well, makes at, sense. at very high interest rates. Yeah. Um, but it's it's funny the Biden clan is always you know talking about their their Irish heritage, you know that they uh, kind of a working class you know Irish family that you know came up you know Joe was working in Scranton in the gold mine, not the gold mine the coal mine. <laughs> is that where Joe was? No, he's in the gold he's in the gold <laughs> mine today. But uh, he was working in the in the coal mine out of Joe's Scranton. working in the coal mine. Well, I mean that's yeah. kind of the thing. Lunch bucket right. Joe. Right. Um, when he was being raised by Puerto Ricans. Well, um, at the black church. That's right. He oh. kind of makes up a lot of stories as he goes along. But here's this is the narrative that he's, you know, Irish Catholic, blue collar, public servant, lunch bucket Joe. He's the everyday man. That's oh. that's kind of the, the narrative of Joe Biden. And they talk about his father, who was a used car salesman. Perfect. And but. And he's kind of a blue collar guy, too. Yeah. But here's the truth. And I think this is kind of interesting of the family's history. 
His father was up in Massachusetts and Boston when Joe was very young. Oh, it was in Scranton? It wasn't in Scranton. They were only in Scranton for about three years. When he, how old was Joe when he was in Scranton? It, That's uh, a serious question because he always talks about I think his he, connection with Scranton. Yeah, I think he was probably between the ages of seven and ten. And, oh. and then they moved to Delaware to live with the grandparents. But let's go back. I, I want yeah, you to go yeah. back to the dad because the dad's a big part of who Joe is and where he came from. And that was part of the narrative. No, he's in Massachusetts. Now. So he's, he's in, Mass family. He's in Massachusetts. He's working for his uncle, who's a very wealthy man. And the guy does a sealant on coffins, but that's not when his business booms. <laughs> a sealant on coffins. Yeah, he has some type of sealant that goes on coffins. But when the war comes around, and this is when Joe's dad went to work, Joe Biden Sr. went to work for him, the sealant was used for steel plating in World War II. So just like today, the military contracts were through the roof. It was, it was a big business, and Joe's dad... Not only were they running the business with his cousin and his uncle, he was uh, flying planes, racing cars, uh, hunting with the hounds. They lived a really good life up there. Uh, and Joe, Joe actually had a pony as a toddler. So you're going to call upper middle class. Uh, yeah. Up, well, I think it, this is the ni you, this is the 1940s. Yeah. So if you were going to classify it right, he yeah, wasn't in I, that middle class. He was I, upper, may, maybe, upper middle. maybe upper, upper middle. Yeah. I mean, you're not riding a pony unless you're an upper, upper middle. He, his father was flying planes and racing cars. That's But it, the flying planes for, for pleasure? Yeah, Just pleasure. Like flying around? This was, all, this was all pleasure. Okay. So that Working little, class Joe's dad. Yeah. So that was, but then when the war ended, and the uncle was a bit of a crazy guy, based on some of my research. He was a big drinker. He's a philanderer. Uh, so the business collapsed. They even said he had some mob ties. But uh, when the business went bad, then Joe's family moved down to- um, I can see the wise guy status with that. Yeah. So, seriously, right? Yeah. Well, that's going to jump into this I mean, narrative a couple of times. That's the whole Irish thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wise guys. That that It's going to get more interesting when we get to Hunter a little bit with the wise guys. Just a, an interesting tidbit. I'll I'll let, I'll let that later when we get to it. So that narrative of being, you know, working class up in Scranton, you know, coming out of the coal mine, uh, there's a little more to that story. Anyway, they moved down- they end up in Delaware. And, you know, Joe's father does have to hustle. He, he's a used car sales guy. He does work hard. Uh, you know, he's able to start taking care of the family. Why'd they go to Delaware? Any idea? Seriously? Uh, they, well, I'm I'm not really sure how they ended up in, in Delaware, but um, that's that's where they ended up. Okay. Um, so the one of the points, Joe's early years uh, – you know, his uh, he gets he goes to Archmere Academy, which is a pretty good school because his dad's his dad's working hard to put the family. They're they're like now they're they've gone from upper middle class that you or just upper class. They're they're now in the middle class. Um, okay, drop down a little bit. They went to Delaware. Yeah, he, he's at Delaware, and you know, as he was described in some of the you know some of the research I did on him, he was kind of like a preppy jock guy. And he was a pretty good football player. Well, you can see all that. And yeah. I've heard that about him, that yeah. he was a pretty good athlete. He was a pretty good athlete. At the University of Delaware, right? Yeah. He only played freshman year. Not Delaware State? No. That's right. He did say he went to Delaware <laughs> yeah. State, the well, old black college. Later, yeah. right. After, yeah. That was after Delaware. But uh, he, he was he only played his freshman year. Oh, I thought uh, he was a four-year guy. No, he, was, he, he only played his freshman year. He wasn't that good then, was he? 
Uh, well, he was pretty good in high school. But oh, okay. the Archmere well, was pretty good. All right, so he got one year in Delaware. Yeah, he, so he got one year in Delaware. His first problems start for him when he goes to the Syracuse Law School. Not sure how he got in, but he, he had <laughs> he just barely. He, I think he, just, he was he just barely yeah. got in. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the Syracuse Law School. That's when he first runs into a plagiarism problem. Oh yeah. Well, what I found interesting he is he could be the he could run Harvard. Yeah. yeah. For a while. He anyway. could for a while until they get rid of you. <laughs> so he has this plagiarism issue up at Syracuse, which would come back to haunt him a few times. But what I found, like, well, why didn't they bounce him out with the plagiarism? And he, he, the way it was, I, I read it is he said to the dean, you would have to be so stupid to copy this word for word and put it into this uh, report that I did. Like, and the dean somehow like agreed to it, which makes no sense. Like you'd have to be a total idiot to copy this 100%. So the dean must have like said, okay, well, you are an idiot. I I I really didn't understand how he because back then plagiarism was serious. No, yeah, it was something that was not something that you do. No, there was not something that you you did, no. and uh, and from, usually you paid for it. So he he was able to you know he was able to get by, and uh, amazing and get the law degree. But the plagiarism thing would come back, and uh, he barely skirted through, didn't he? He wasn't at the bottom of his class. Yeah, he which it, probably you're coming. You know to, what? Right? We're coming to you know yeah. what. I'm I'm gonna go to. Uh, I want to play this tape for you. I think this kind of sums up his his personality. So this sums up Joe Biden's yeah, right, personality right here. So let's listen to it. All right. Question: <laughs> What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is: yes. Could you quickly? I, I think we. I, I think I probably Reagan. have a much higher IQ than you do. I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship. The only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd so like, no, Frank. If I could say one thing. It's, so yeah, he wants to compare his IQ <laughs> to this guy. But you know what's great? I didn't play the end of the tape because then ABC News, NBC oh, News yeah. that night say everything he just said there wasn't true. Right. And the senator agreed it was not true. Right. And Sam Donaldson was all over that. All he, over. All it. over. It. All over. So it, every, it went from one news station to the next saying yep. this was a bunch of malarkey, as Joe would say. It, malarkey, yeah. It, he said it was- um, Yeah, blew him out of the water. I remember that whole thing. Yeah. What? But that, you know, people tell white lies about their resumes all the time. This isn't that white lies. No, I mean, three that, degrees- he talked about having three degrees, you, right? Exactly. He it's, talked about his IQ. He talked about how much – the way the guy – anyway, it's, let's it's, go ahead. I'm, no, you're right. It's almost pathological. He like, is pathological. No, I mean people tell white lies about certain things or they they hedge you can a little bit. exaggerate a little bit and have some yeah, truth to it is basically that, what you're saying, right? That was over the top. Well, the only truth he had is he graduated. Yeah. He, That's the only truth that there was to that, right? Yep. So this is the precedence for what the man is and has been his entire lifetime. Yeah. You can just look at that and go, wow, it's just a continuous repeat of everything. Doesn't matter what the what the circumstances are. 
he still he still never tells the truth. Yeah. Anyway, that, right? I, I actually think uh, anyway. That one minute captures him. That hundred percent. A hundred percent it captures him. And then there was some other plagiar plagiarism where he actually lifted a speech from JFK. Uh, J- just and legit. several others too, by the way, from recollection. Right? Yeah, there was a British diplomat that right. he yes. that he once again almost word for word, um, it like it's it's so brazen. Like you can't figure it out. Does he think he'll get away with it, or if he does get away with it, he'll just kind of lie his way out of it, kind of like what he did later, See how far you can go, right? Yeah, that's uh, but, the way that they operate. Or he operates anyway. Yeah. So, but it, there's that, that first one where he goes one after the other, one lie after the other. He does like five lies in five seconds. He it, gets on a roll, doesn't he? And he can't stop and himself. And he can't <laughs> stop himself. He just keeps going deeper and deeper. It doesn't matter if any of it's true. Yeah. So, you know, now I'm going to circle back to the football because this is what a lot of people don't know in the narrative. Uh, so Joe's a star football player, plays at the University of Delaware. But when when it comes up for the Vietnam War, Everyone knows about Donald Trump having bone spurs, right? Bone spurs Trump. What not many people talk about. That was called, he was called bone spurs Trump all the time. Uh, But when it comes up about Biden, no one talks about his Vietnam situation. So he got out because he had asthma, asthmatic Joe. Asthmatic Joe. That's why, so he got a deferment based on his asthma. But someone would ask, well, how could you be a great football player, but you had asthma as a kid, so now you're going to get a deferment from Vietnam? But that maybe that's di- why he stopped playing his last three years because of the asthma. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. He he that that'd be a good defense. That would be something. But there, here's the other if problem. He's listening, right? He also got five educational deferments, like Dick Cheney. You remember hearing about Dick Cheney? Five. Like, you got five educational deferments. That was a big deal. Yeah. To well, get that. Yeah. Well, Dick to get Cheney, that was a big deal. Yeah. Dick Cheney got him too, but we heard about yeah, it all the Dick time. It, it was, it was part of the, uh, Bill Clinton. He was also, right. Yeah. 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 It, listen, that, uh, we can oh. have a whole talk about why, why guys got out of my point I'm trying to make is we heard bone spurs Trump every day about, uh, about Donald Trump, about yeah, him but you don't hear it about spurs. him. You well, don't hear, come on, you know that's the narrative, right? I, that's the narrative. That's yeah. that's kind of what now I'm, you're talking about the media and how they handle things. That's what I'm kind of talking about. And it's funny, the Bidens, Joe Biden, the way he looked at his family was kind of like that. He he admired the Kennedys, but he was going to kind of have that kind of working class blue collar family that rose to the presidency, where the Kennedys were upper class. Wealthy, uh, I guess they got their money from bootlegging, but like they that was Camelot. He's kind of and he's kind of like the Darth Vader of the Kennedy family. Like he tried to mirror it, yeah, but and he's the complete opposite. It's all black, but I think he tried to mirror it with the narrative that they were, you know, the the hard, hard knocks, working class underdog Irish who came, yeah, that's his that's his stick. That was his stick, still is his stick, yeah, yeah. So here's I find this is another, you know, terrible part of his history, and it really was a tragedy with that car accident, where his wife and he lost the baby and the. Oh yeah, terrible and, story. And do you know, Bo and Hunter were in the back seat of that car. Yeah, and they, I think they were they injured. They were injured. And yeah. then he was at the hospital every day and all that. Yeah. No, that was that was a. You got to give him a lot. Got to give him a lot for that. I I do. That yeah. was a that was a horrible tragedy. But once again, he can't help himself. <laughs> he can't. Help he himself. can't help himself. <laughs> So as years went on, 
he started talking about uh, he'd be at like a Rotary Club speech and he'd start insinuating, not insinuating, saying that the driver of the truck was drinking, that he had a liquid lunch. And there was a prosecutor that lived down the house from him who had worked on the case. And when those rumors started coming out or that he was saying this in public, that there was a drunk driver, even this, this prosecutor said that was not part of this case at all. There was no alcohol involved. Joe fabricated that? Yes, he did. I can't believe that. And it got to the point where the- Fabricated fan- in public, no less. Yes, in yeah. public. Uh, in like public speaking events. Well, so- I think when he gets up in front of people, he just starts to go and he continues to go and go. And it's just a big lie. It just becomes it, whatever he can think of. He just says it just keeps going. He, he it's keep, almost like he can't help. Well, he can't help himself, but he just keeps going. That's a consistent thing that he's been. Yeah, his whole life, right? And, and the only reason Which is really the I'm sorry, really the premise of what you're talking about. Like what what was this guy's background? How did he really grow up? And what's the truth about it? Yeah, and a lot of things. If you said in his background that you've already mentioned. Most people probably don't know that. No. Like, I didn't know a lot of those things. Well, because— And you've always been a researcher. You always go right to what's the source, what's really the truth. Yeah, I like to know who these people are. Right. Um, And— That you're hearing from. And politically, um, you heard everything about the Trump family. And I think uh, there was no time to even kind of go after who the Bidens were because everyone was too busy the last few election cycles uh, defending Trump. Well— yeah. Let let me finish up up on the drunk driving thing. To to accuse someone of that is is a horrible thing to do. What happened with that is the family had a private meeting with him. The family what? of the family of the, of the truck, truck driver. driver. They had enough. They had enough, and I right. think the truck driver had might have passed away, and maybe that's why he started doing it. But the family had a private meeting with him, and from I think that point on, they said, "You knock this off, or you're going to have a problem." I think at that point, did he stop? They stopped. Yeah, I don't think he has ever mentioned that again. That that put that to rest. Somebody actually got a hold of him in private setting and said, "You need to rein this in." No, he met with the family. The, the family said, "You got to rein this in." Yeah, they probably were they were probably lawyering up against. Them yeah, somebody said, they actually said, "You need to stop." Yeah, you you better stop. Which this. is interesting because it might be the first time where all of his rhetoric got called out on the table and they stopped it. Yeah, because somebody actually confronted him and said, "Yo." This has to stop. This needs to stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But going forward, he, he hasn't, which I'm sure that's where you're headed. Right? Because that's the first time that he stopped saying things like outrageous. Yeah. Now, now, right? yeah, but he's still, now he's all, he's outrageous. Yeah. But now you don't know if it's the, the cognitive decline uh, or, but that is a good example of like, I don't think it was repeated after he got, he got warned yeah. that that could create some problems for him. Uh, another thing I wrote down here, which is, is is very small, was the Amtrak thing. You know how like Amtrak Joe, Amtrak Joe, that was his way to be able to align himself with middle class America, right? Yeah, everybody that's on the Amtrak train. Uh-huh. And but was that really not middle class? So seriously, no, because Amtrak and a seller are expensive. Yeah. Let me ask you this: If you live in Wilmington, Delaware, and you got to drive to Washington D.C., you can't fly; it's too close. Uh, if you drive, you're going to be stuck in that Washington d- traffic on the Beltway. Right. What's the fastest, the and train. best way? 
And it's not cheap either. No, it's the same thing as going from New York to, from here. If you're commuting from the you know Philadelphia area, you're commuting into New York. Yeah, that you got to pay for the pass. You got to pay for a place to park the car. All that stuff. You're right. It's not cheap. Same thing going in the direction of Washington D.C. Yeah, especially from the region from, where from he Wilmington. Is. Right. A- absolutely. Close enough that you could still live at home instead of move to Washington D.C. I mean, if you're from Oregon, you're you're moving. You're getting a place in Washington D.C. And you know how you get those places. You uh-huh. room with you room with three other Congress people they, to, to make it because they can't afford it. They otherwise. can't. Well, yeah, it's expensive. That's one of the things yeah. I've heard. That yeah. yeah. So he had the, he, this was this was no blue collar guy coming home on the train every night because he's some great guy. This was the way to do it. <laughs> who who wouldn't want to sleep in their own bed? You think you want to sleep with three other congressmen in some crappy apartment in D.C.? I, I, I know you got to really think about that. Yeah, that's uh, maybe he maybe he would have been better off that way. So he doesn't go that way, though, does he? What's that? The way of three other congressmen sleeping together? Oh, you don't know. We, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going down. We can't go down. Yeah, I'm not going down that road. Um, But just the thought. But I will, I will go down this road. I want to talk about it. Now we're going to get into some of the brothers. Okay. How many brothers does he actually have? I mean, I only really know of one. I think he has two. Yeah, he has, he has two brothers, and, and he's got a one's sister. One's heavily involved, right? Uh, oh, he has a sister? He has a sister, too. She's is he, heavi- where is she's he heavily... in the pecking order of those four? Okay, so Joe's 81. James is 75. Frank is 71. How old do you think Hunter is? Hunter's like 53. You got 50, it. Spot yeah. on. You just hit it. All right. Yeah, so you got Joe, James, and so Frank. So Joe's the oldest of yeah, the whole Yeah, and group. Valerie, the sister, I think is 79. So right Joe's the Joe. oldest of the gang. No, that's right. All the little brothers it, and a little sister, a couple the, years younger. Yeah, the Irish mobsters. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, too, when you look at the chronological order of your spouses. Yeah. Right? It is. Yeah, he's Joe, the older. He's the the oldest one. Look, I don't. I know you're not the oldest one. I'm just yeah. going to tell you that the oldest one is the first one. So a lot of times it's the favorite. Yeah. Right? But yeah. and you don't get away with quite as much as the first one. The younger ones get away with more. Well, the the truth is, he's always looked out for him. And like I said, they're like we're joking. Where they're Joe's like, always looked out for the, the, his his siblings. Yeah, like I said, that with the whole they they're loaning each other money back and forth, uh, get, are, yeah, getting loads no, from everyone. Of course, don't you do that with your you have brothers? No, right? I never had a loan from my brother. No, no. I, I'm not saying people don't, but I'm I'm ta- when we get into these loans, we're talking, we're talking. Well, all the crazy loans I have from loans. my brothers, they say it says loan in the bottom, it captioned right there. That way, we know all know it's a loan, right? right? All, all so we've check. all agreed that when we send each other money, we write loan on it. Yeah, right. Just you don't need to have any documentation other than that. No. So think about it. Yeah. Right. If, if I write down it's a loan, then it's a loan. It's a loan. Of course, it's a done deal. But yeah. We're going to get into the loans in a few minutes. He learned that in college, I think he did. Let me let me give you a little bit of uh, background on Frank Biden. So, which uh, one's Frank? Is he the youngest? Uh, no, Frank is the. Uh, we, Frank would be the third. So it would be Joe, his sister. Yeah. And then Frank. Oh, Frank's but, the next yeah, but, brother. But James is the real wheeler, wheeler and dealer. And James is the Hunter, youngest of them all. He's Hunter's uh, business partner. Right. But we're That's gonna, what I thought. We're going to get to him in a minute. So let's go with Frank. Isn't that a weird structure in all seriousness? You're going to go into the structure now, right? That the uncle, the youngest one, is the, is is partners with with uh, with uh, the kid. Mm-hmm. How's it, Hunter? Yeah. You know, the, where do you really see that? 
Yeah, well, this is going to get good. So let me let me let me give you. I'm going to fill you in, Frank. We're just going to cover a little bit, but we're going to get deep into James. So All let's right. go to Frank. So one of Frank's first scams, and I will call them scams because this is what it is. These are scams. So Frank Biden gets involved in a shady charter school business down in Florida. Okay. To the point where there, you get public funding for every student that goes to the school. They they have they make up names of kids in the school. They create students that don't go to the school. What any is this charter school still in operation? No, it it blew up, um, and it was a it was a complete uh, it was a complete scandal. The whole the whole that whole charter school went under. Uh, it, it had a, a big bankruptcy. It was a scandal, but it all went away. But that was one of Frank's first. And obviously I, I won't even go into Joe's connection with it. Um, because it's, it's kind of too hard to kind of pull Joe into it where there's so many other obvious ones that we'll talk about. But okay. anyway, that's how he first, uh, that's how that was one of the first things that so Frank, Frank ventures got, out into something that requires money from the government to run the, the, to run the show. Absolutely. Okay. And he's a Biden and his and his brother is a and it was down in Florida. His brother's a powerful senator. And uh, the whole thing blew up and they there was corruption and fraud. The um, but here's a real interesting story about Frank. Frank is out trying to do a deal in California, and he's with some of the some people that are working with him, and he's got a uh, Jaguar, and in that Jaguar he's been drinking, and he puts a younger guy who works for him in the driver's seat, and he's manning the stick of the Jaguar. There's two people in the back seat, and they were all out there for some another new deal for the Biden family, so. He's too drunk to drive, so he has the younger guy drive, but he's going to ma- manage the stick shift because the kid doesn't know how. At one point, he says, hit the—at <laughs> one point, he says, hit the gas. Nothing could go wrong. Nothing could go wrong. They, this ends in tragedy. Hit the clutch. Once again, tragedy. He hits the clutch. Boom, they take off. They run over a guy named Michael Albano, and they kill him. And he's got two young kids at home. And they—the uh, they, police come— they arrest the driver, obviously. Um, Which the, is not Frank, technically, right? It's he's, not Frank. Yeah. He, he's not the driver. But this is what's interesting. When they prosecute the kid that was driving, the people in the back seat uh, all testify that once they hit the guy, and this is testimony. This isn't me. Yeah, listen, I didn't Two look at the court documents. Two guys in the back seat are saying this. Saying They're this. actually there. They're saying that once they hit the guy- Frank said, hit the gas, let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Now, this is where- That's the clutch, hit the gas. So what happens is, this goes to a civil lawsuit by the family. And Frank is convicted in this civil suit. And he owes $500,000 to these girls, the daughters of to the To the guy. family. Yeah, to the family. Okay. And- uh, Could, Do you know how long ago this was? I don't have the dates, but um, doesn't matter. Oh, 1999. Okay, it was 1999. So 24 years ago. Yeah. So Joe's, you know, Joe's a U.S. Well, he's a senator. He's been His there whole since life, 1973. Was, yeah. Thirty years old. Forever. He's been there since 73. So what's for 20 years? Frank Biden escapes being served. You know how they have to serve you 
for this judgment. How does he escape being served? He just keeps moving around the country. Just move from place to place? Place to place. And it's, you know. So they can't catch up they with can't them? Catch the mail this trails them? Yeah. And you, as the family who won the civil suit, you're the one that has to do all the work to track this guy down. Yeah, this is. They finally write a letter to Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, and say, hey, listen, we won this judgment against your brother. You should understand this. You lost your wife and daughter. We lost our dad. Your brother owes us this money. He lost in court. Uh, the White House or his staff writes back a letter. Hey, I'm sorry for your loss. My brother's broke. I have not. Basically, I have nothing to do with this. Right. Uh, but that's a narrative you'd never. It's the first time heard. First of time you're hearing about. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's what Joe said. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know he 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 covered for him, like and he didn't cover for him. But it's so weird. He just he, removed himself from it. He kept it. He didn't try to help. Yeah, him but call if you, his brother, yeah. but if but if Joe is this great guy, hey, listen, I'll be honest with you. If it's one of my brothers and that happened, I'd be involved. We would get this taken care of. You and I have and talked I'm not about this a lot, though. It's a, the the whole idea from I, I I've got to go here, right? I'll say from politicians in general, but particularly the left, which is where Joe is. It's, it's always this strategy is run out the clock. Yeah, that's all that is, right? They're just yeah. running out the clock. Yeah, just move to another state, move away, don't answer the 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 letters, just ignore it, right? Ignore it, yeah, Run. and eventually. It goes away, and that seems to be the, the narrative for how they seem to handle all those types of things. Get, and guess what? It was finally settled. Well, it was, guess when it was settled? Yesterday. <laughs> no, in 2020. 2020. Yeah. When he ran for president, all of a sudden they all need to make it they, up. Yeah. They, they need to now, get Now, where did the money off. come from? Do we know? No idea. Like to pay the 500000 yeah. I don't know if they paid it all. I don't know if they paid half. But they paid was, something. It was it, a settlement. And it was probably a They gave settle- them 10 cents on the dollar. And they probably said, don't say, oh, here's your settlement. Don't talk about it. They had to sign an NDA. Right. No, no doubt about it. But it was finally Isn't settled. is that amazing? You're talking about from 1999 for 21 years, this thing isn't settled. All of a sudden now Joe's running for president of the United States and it disappears. Yeah. Through oh, all of a sudden, we're going to put the lawyers in touch, and we're going to stop this, right? Yep. Yeah. That's so they that. so they drug it out long enough, and then they said, "Oh, it's important now. We got to get rid of this." And it went away. And he had nothing to do with it until then. Yeah. Nineteen ninety gives you a pretty good indication of what this guy's all about. Nineteen ninety nine to twenty twenty, it finally got settled. Yeah. Um, How about that. So, you know, and it's this just is coincidental, right? Yeah. And here, here's some gossip. And the only reason I'm bringing it up uh, about Frank Biden is it be because of Hunter's laptop and uh and all all the you know the sex stuff on the on the thing the dick pics he Mar- Marjorie MTG was raising the pictures of him in congress but my point let me get the which Frank which is funny by the way uh, which is funny yeah. but but <laughs> Frank hilarious. Frank's pick Frank's dick pics just showed up on a, a gay website Frank Biden has pics yeah I don't know how the they. It was in the news, and I don't. I don't know what's up with them. Are but, you serious? Yeah. So he and this is within the last few months. His uh, in the last few months, those pictures of Frank the brother have shown up. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank, I had no idea. Yeah, he's out there. This family is yeah. really a train wreck, honestly. <laughs> when you look at it. Right? Yeah. So, but and it brings me back to another. Uh, story, which I think most people have heard about already. You know, Joe used to walk out in Delaware 
and jump in his pool naked oh, in front of the front Secret of the Service. Secret Service. Yeah. yeah. So because uh, he couldn't take pictures because he was too high profile politician. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> is that what that is? I don't know, but they they uh, think about how dysfunctional that is. They got a lot going on. The Vice President of the United States, you have Secret Service taking care of you, and it's time to take a swim. So you 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 prayed out with no clothes on, so that the female, because they were females, right? Yeah, I heard they were pissed too. That the females were pissed. Yeah, the Secret Service agents were like, you know, look at this guy. Yeah, of like, course. What would you? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they thought it was insulting. It's, it's insulting. It's yeah. a joke. It's disrespectful. But listen, when I swim in my pool, I swim naked, just so you know. Okay, that's fine. But you do it privately and you don't have any Secret Service agents. No Secret Service Yeah, and agents. you live alone. Yeah, I got to pay people to watch me swim. Okay. That's All why right. I stopped doing it. All right, I'm going to move off you. Let's get to, J Let's get to James Biden. Okay. So well, James Frank's a real sweetheart. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah, he, right? And he, that, it's a pretty brief history of him because what has he done in between? No, I, there's got to be a whole bunch of things, right? Well, I, I I don't – I think James is more connected to Hunter, therefore is more connected to He's the, his business partner. The big you time corruption, that. yeah. But meanwhile, you got Frank running around there calling – using the, the name, whatever. Yeah. We don't know what he's done from that point to this point other than what you mentioned. Yeah, there, there's more. I just – you know, we only – the podcast is an hour. I mean, you could, we could literally spend five hours going over all of this. So let's move to James. Go let, to let, James. Let's move. Let's it. have a highlight on James. Okay. In in the 1970s, uh, James spent a couple of semesters at Delaware and uh, then dropped out. Uh, but in the in the 70s, he had a nightclub that went bankrupt for six hundred thousand dollars. You know how much? That's a lot of money for in a Delaware. Night, what's that? He Was had that a nightclub in, in Delaware. Yeah, in Delaware. But. That's so it a, goes bankrupt. So he operates a nightclub that goes bankrupt. Yeah, but and he but, owes six hundred thousand dollars. You know what? Six hundred thousand dollars to to vendors. What do you think six hundred thousand dollars from the early nineteen seventies is in real money today? It's probably uh, a couple of million. Pro, no, probably about a, a million ish. I think it, million I looked five. At, I looked at, you looked these numbers up. I did. I think twice. it's three times. Doesn't matter. It's a pretty big number for back then. For back then, and especially for a nightclub. So but anyway, how bankrupt she works. I'm being serious now, right? Sorry, we went out of business. You can't. There's nothing for you. Yeah. Okay. So when he went through this bankruptcy, uh, what was revealed? There were a ton of IRS liens, and there were all there was a ton of suspicious loans. <laughs> because he was pulled into into civil court for this. And, Suspicious loans. Yeah. And that's why I was talking about the Shylocks earlier, the Irish Shylocks. The, the, the loan thing is a big part of this family's culture. Are well, all that's the, the thing that all they these lean on. Or they say that they're so smart and yeah. that's how we're going to like hide it. But you're talking about the brother goes bankrupt for $600,000, doesn't pay anybody, and then from there moves on to what? Well, when he... <laughs> Well, this I just want to add this to, to it. In 1987, people thought Joe dropped out of the, the presidential race. This is 1987 because of the plagiarism, because they were playing the audio and everything. Of yeah, well, that is why. That is why. That's what they say. But they also I also uh, read that the they started to dig into his relationship with James. And Ooh. there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of loans, deals, and the fact that Joe was showing up at some of the meetings. Same thing you heard with Hunter. It's kind of like Hunter took over for James at a certain point where Joe would come in 
as the, uh, you know, as the product. Because that really the loans were, we give you a loan. There's no high interest rate that a Shylock would give. The, the return on your investment is the relationship with my brother, who's a very powerful person. So Joe obviously is arranging the loans. You know, Joe was, well, think about Delaware being a banking, big banking state. And he had a lot of ties to the, if I remember, MBNA Bank. Mm-hmm. Remember oh, MBNA yeah, he was Bank. the credit card king. Yeah. Joe was. Like right. if you lobbied in Washington, Joe Biden was the friend of the credit card people. Yeah, because all yeah. the banks are domiciled in Delaware. Yeah, and most so, of the people get screwed by by credit cards of the working class people. Well, I, listen, I'm going to tell you something, okay? Mm-hmm. So, on a serious note, my roommate from college was in the work for MBNA Bank, and in the same division where he was was one of Joe Biden's sons in a no show job where he was making. I'll just say this, more than that $600,000 a year that, that Frank stiffed him for. No-show job. Yeah. Yeah. So then, right, so Joe's close proximity to these banks and being able to get this money to loan to his brother, that, that must be where it came from. Yeah, and anyway. I actually think one of the uh, the credit card uh, guys bought his uh, overpriced house in Delaware at some point. Paid, yes. Paid way over the... Uh, the going uh, market rate. Somehow for, Joe wound yeah. up with a house that was somehow owned before by somebody at a bank. I won't say who or what, All but right. yeah. So that, that that I know for a fact, Yeah. by the way. So let's get back to James. So, so James, who only spent a little bit of time in college, was a nightclub owner. Uh, the businesses that he's been involved in, insurance, healthcare, he's involved in some poor healthcare hospital, those that serve rural communities. He got paid $600,000. They thought he was going to go to Washington and save the hospital. The hospital soon went down, collapsed under, you know, debt. And uh, So he took $600,000 as a consulting fee to go help save them. Yeah, and it all went down, and then they turned around and sued him. But there's so many of these stories. But what I, I, I find funny is that it's not funny. They've been involved in, like, James himself has been an insurance executive, a healthcare exec- as executive. He started a hedge fund with <laughs> Biden. They started a hedge fund. Yeah. Like these are, you know, Harvard MBAs start hedge funds. Yeah. Right? Like these are, like, they, they could still be corrupt too, but they're started by people that really know the markets. They don't get started by a nightclub owner who- Or they have an in with somebody that has a lot of money. Let, let me give you the the I think this was his best deal ever, James. James's best deal ever. J- James' best deal ever. He becomes a construct construction executive oh, oh, for a yeah. f- for a firm in New York City. He becomes a vice president there. The guy has him. Uh, he's got a lot of solid background. He's got all these <laughs> yeah. different places he's been yeah. to. Yeah, uh, construction makes sense. Yeah, he can't build a treehouse, but now he's a construction executive. Of course, yeah. So Joe is vice president becomes the um the uh rep- Obama's representative to rebuild Iraq. He's going to you know like the czar, you know like Yeah. Uh, like Kamala was the czar of the border. It became part of his portfolio yeah. of what he had to deal with, right? Yeah. So it, I know oh, exactly where this is going. Yeah. Guess how much uh James Biden the, his company got that he was the vice president of. They got 1 billion dollars to build homes in Iraq. One billion. One billion. Yeah. That's well, pretty good for a guy who just became a construction ex- executive. Well, yeah. If I was a construction guy, I would hire a guy like that to get me the secure a billion dollar job. Yeah. But this the system's not supposed to work that way. Why not? Did the houses get built? 
I don't. You know what? I. I, I it's a good question, I right? Don't know. <laughs> I have I don't no know idea. I doubt it. Is anybody living and paying you, you rent know what? there? Uh, you know what? I did. Something did happen with that deal. It was corrected. Uh, th there was a change in that deal. I don't know what it was, but the fact that it ever even happened is the enough, fact that he was able to attract to a billion dollars from the United States government, right? Yeah. Is where that money oh, came the from. The money came right. from the United States. Be Treasury. clear about that. Yeah. Wasn't like it was it came a bank. From, it came from us. It wasn't a bank deal. This no. is a deal directly with the federal government. This is the federal. This is probably the Department of Defense. Well, Joe had nothing money. to do with it. Yeah. Can you prove it? So I'll give you one more. And listen, where's once, the money? Once again, we could go into James. James could be three shows, three podcasts. You should just probably about James. do. You should probably do a, a, a podcast entirely on him. Yeah, we'll both end up in federal prison. No, why would you say that? Uh, if you're pulling things up from exactly good sources. No, I am. I, I'm bringing up sources. Uh, but, one thing that you've always been really good about, seriously, right, mm -hmm. is that you always find, you want to know what's the source. Yeah. You know, when I play games with you in conversation or whatever, yeah. you know, I'll, whatever I'll say, right, it's always bait for you. Yeah. But it's like, okay, what's the source? So you always want to know what the source is, right? Yeah. You you personally. Yeah, I do. So when you look at things, you're very adamant about that. Yeah, but I also don't want to be someone's personal Google because I have a lot of political discussions with people and they're like, well, where did you find that? Can you prove that to me? Like, I'm going to leave after having my cocktail and cigar. I'm going to go home and dig up all this information for people. But I will- Why do you dig up all the information that you dig up anyway? Well, because I enjoy doing that. Because you enjoy doing yeah, it. Yeah, I enjoy knowing who the source, and I'll give a couple of sources on this on this conversation today too. But I like, think you should give your sources. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. I want to know. I'll do it. when we do the wrap up. I'll let you know, uh, and I'll do it. I'll do it on the podcast. So, um, here's another person: Biden's son-in-law, yeah, uh, uh, a Dr. Crane. Well, we don't hear about him. No, but I'm going to tell you about him. So he's not no longer practicing med medicine. He's a health. He's in a healthcare venture fund. He's uh, he's okay. a partner in one. Right. <laughs> this is beautiful. Yeah. So this is beautiful. Yeah, and. And basically, they invest in all these companies. And one of his specialties and his team was investing in like these COVID response companies. It's almost like they're sitting around on Thanksgiving and looking at the doctor. Yeah. And whispering about him and then pulled him aside by the fireplace, hand him a brandy and kind of chastise him for being in something legitimate. And we're going to find a place for you to go and join us. Yeah. Well, he wasn't <laughs> where he was sitting is he was an advisor to the White House on COVID oh. response. Oh, of At course. At the same time, his healthcare's companies investing in companies this, that uh, it's- Anyway, go It's ahead. pretty good. Did you know about that one? I had no idea. Yeah, that, that one- No, I'm serious. I had no idea. So the son-in-law, who's a doctor and seemingly in his profession, kind of slides into the federal government somehow. Well, he slides into the investment world. He's, he's like a hedge- Once again, he's a hedge fund guy. Yeah. And he's and in, slides into the government for funding and for jobs. Exactly. He's an advisor. So what you would do, you're advising on how you should respond to COVID. And then once you hear what the government's going to do, because that's where the money's going to be pushed, then you start investing in the companies that can reply and like respond. To, wouldn't you like to watch, have a, like a little camera in the corner on Thanksgiving Day of the Biden family? Yeah. You know what? You think about that. Right. Yeah. But like anything, th this is their business. I'm sure around Thanksgiving, they're fun Irish people. They're all laughing and drinking and having a good time. <laughs> Listen, I could tell some stories about that, too. I bet you if you were sitting around with them. This is a mobster family. This isn't just a family of Irish. We, uh, let me tell you, we'd be we'd be having some Jameson smoking yeah. cigars. But, yeah. Be and they're going to pull a guy into the into the business. Yeah.
Uh, all right. So let's now let's. That's interesting. I had no idea yeah, about so, that. Guy. Le, so here's another narrative. Not uh, another. I, it's a, it's not a narrative. It's something that happened. I want to get into Ashley. So, by the way, everybody's into the into the government business here so oh, far. Yeah. Who's well, Ashley? So Ashley is his daughter that he had That's with Jill. That's married to the doctor? No. Oh. A- Ashley is Joe's daughter. Oh, Joe's daughter. Yeah. Oh, you know what? She could be married to that doctor. I- I- I'd have to connect that. That does make sense because he's the son-in-law. So, But anyway, so Ashley is the is daughter. That, I'm sorry. Is yeah. she the one that accused Joe of having showers with her? Yeah. Okay. And and that's what that's the one I'm going to talk about right now. We don't even have to get into the uh, the, the sh- image. Just just went right through my mind. We so now that you brought it up, I'll just I'll, I'll just frame it for everyone, and we don't have to drive down into it. But there's there's a bigger point I want to make about the the diary. So Ashley also had addiction issues, right? She also had uh, drug and alcohol addiction, and she was in a Palm Beach uh, rehabilitation center. When she left, and a lot when you go into rehab, a lot of times they have you keep a journal. That journal was left in a room, and someone grabbed it. And it might have been a roommate. <laughs> we, we leave the journals for somebody to grab. No, I think it we, was, we leave the computer for uh, the computer guy. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I didn't think of that. Yeah, Hunter left the computer to get. She leaves. Everybody's the journal. in rehab, drinking, yeah. sniffing. <laughs> what a family! So. Um, and what we're laughing about, we're not laughing about I'm rehab. I'm crying. I'm crying. We're laughing about how they leave their stuff. So yeah, that's amazing. So anyway, whoever grabbed that diary tried to sell it, <laughs> and they they sold it to um, this guy Kevin O'Keefe, who does Project Veritas. He's kind of like the mod- oh yeah, I know. He's the like guy. the modern day sixty minutes. Yeah. He ambushes you. Yeah. Uh, He's quite creative. He's funny. But, but he's not good because like 60 Minutes could do it and everyone liked it because it had a left tilt. Yes. But once a guy from the right starts doing it, he's evil. No good. Yeah. He's so, not part of the network. So he's not part of the network. Exactly. So he gets a hold of the of this uh, diary and he has it in his house <laughs> and he doesn't publish it. He says, I got to prove that it was hers first. So he sits on it for months. But here's the here's what I don't like. So this diary he has, if it's legit or not legit, it mentions about the inappropriate. She says, I felt that by showering at my fa- with my father at an inappropriate age, it over-sexualized me and it could have been part of my addiction problems. That's all I know about it. And th- that's and they actually have, I, they have people have posted what it said and pictures of it or or. or uh, so that's all that let, let's put the, the, the showering part. But what bothers me is the FBI raided Kevin O'Keefe's house to get that diary. They raided like, so, the, so Joe Biden can use the FBI as his own police department. Yeah. What is the FBI to, in the middle of what that? What the hell are they doing what in the, the middle of that? What the hell is the FBI doing in the middle of something, a private diary that a guy is trying to to verify to be real, and he wants to publish if it is in fact real. And he's a journalist. How often does, does the FBI journalists is just more right? No, an FBI rating journalist. We used to go how crazy about, about journal, that. How about a private citizen, a journalist? I get it. Yeah, right. But the FBI has no business in that whatsoever. And where did they get the directive from in the first place? Right to go in there had to be from somewhere over a diary. Well, be, well, obviously because things in the diary. 
got to be true. I mean, it's the only way I can think about it. Seriously, right? Yeah, if it's hers. If it's hers, right? Yeah. Well, if it's truly hers and the things in there. To me, it's like the fact that the FBI went in there says it's true to me. Well, I, I didn't mean, he save another copy of it? They, they got that one and whatever. I, I don't know. But the, I think the, I remember that. The fact that the FBI went in there, that's, you, that, that, that's, that's a good example. You say it is true, but the fact they shouldn't be, they shouldn't have been within 100 miles of that guy's Gestapo house. That's Gestapo type stuff. Exactly. Yes, 100%. Okay. So, and by the way, that's the way this is. They all, they operate. Go ahead. So sorry. We have so much to cover that I want, I want to keep it, I want to keep it moving. Um, so- Here's another thing that I found very disturbing. Um, Hunter had serious addictions. His crack addiction was so bad they had to re- replace all his teeth. That's or meth, meth, crack, whatever. Literally, he had to get all his teeth replaced. That's a serious addiction, right? I'm speechless. You're speechless. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You're speechless. But but this is a thing that I don't understand about Joe Biden. I've seen that picture, by the way, uh, of, of Hunter uh, of with the, the no with, teeth with and the all teeth. That. Yeah. yeah. So the um, the the addiction thing. So what I found really disturbing is if your son has a, a, an addiction or a friend, you firewall them. That doesn't mean you don't love them and take care of them, but you don't fly them around the world with you going to meet different uh and living that kind of high profile life addiction people start focusing and kind of living a very insular life until they've really beat the addiction but the one thing i found really creepy is when he started sleeping with his brother's widow okay joe biden came out his brother's wife yeah yeah his brother but joe biden came out and endorsed that and he, he came out and endorsed it publicly. He came out and endorsed it publicly. What did he say? "Love is love." I don't know. He love gave one, is uh, love. He gave one. I'm not quoting him, but love he is gave it. But this is what's so disturbing to me. You think of the, his grandchildren in each family. Why is Uncle Uncle Hunter sleeping in Mommy's room, right? Or why did why did um, <laughs> Hunter Hunter his other grandchildren? Who Hunter's the father of. Which one? Like, meaning both sets of the grandchildren. How disruptive and dysfunctional that is for your children, your Why grandchildren. Why are you leaving out the stripper's grandchild? And that, well, that's another whole story. Well, it's still a that, That's another whole story. But you know what? Let's take a quick break and uh, and we'll be right back. We're back with the Old Gravy Podcast here with uh, Brian. We've been... Uh, just doing the a watchdog. The watchdog. Yeah. The watchdog. I'm here with the watchdog. You know, in Philadelphia, I had number one for a while. Number on Sunday evenings. Yeah. That was when you were with me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then when you number left the broadcast, it just went through the roof. Number one. <laughs> after, you <laughs> fi- after you fired me. Uh, you got fired? Yeah. Huh. All right. So let's get back into the, the, the Biden I have to say, this, honestly, the fascination of this discussion for me, yeah. right, is the fact that, that the Biden family, all of this, the sound bites that you hear, that you've heard over the since the guy's been president, right? Like how it happened and the conspiracy and the corruption and all the things that are there. You haven't even been touched, okay? But what's the makeup of this family and how did we get here? And I think that you pr- get a pretty good insight of really what that family was all about and how this flower, what this flower bloomed from. If you know what I mean, yeah. the type of soil, yeah, right, and 
the soil is in his pants now, if you know what I mean, like Joe. You're talking about his age. I'm, ta- yeah. I'm talking about the fact that most people wouldn't know the things that you're talking about. No, and what, and I'll tell you, too many people are too busy talking about kind of his age and if he has dementia and he's and he's his health is going to collapse on him. Uh, there's so much that I think is a distraction. It is a from, distraction. It's a distraction from what the what they've been involved in and how they've operated this business. And uh, well, it's become the punchline. Yeah. Right. That he's got these cognitive issues. It's been the punchline. Yeah. Of all the media, and it might be a way to distract people from what's really this guy's all about, which is what you're uncovering here. Yeah. And and I actually think um, I haven't heard a lot of these things put together in one narrative. Yeah. With well, the, with the sister and the brothers. Yeah, and what and the things that they've done. And and believe me, I, I'm only there's so many other. You only deals. scratch the surface. Scra- you actually just gave headlines surface. for things that you can really go into. Yeah. And and you went into it pretty deeply, but yeah. it seems like there's an awful lot there other than just what you mentioned. Yeah, no, the headline it, underneath it, it, it all. In and this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it it's it, it's not. They, they there is a ga- Irish gangster. Uh, way of making money in this. I family. would be fascinated if you brought Frank Biden onto this show. <laughs> I'll try. Just have him sit down and explain himself. Right. I'll, I'll try. And, You're the youngest brother. <laughs> you, I would love that. You, you could do that interview. Of course. Yeah. Of course. If yeah, I'd have to pay him though. It cost me like fifty thousand dollars <laughs> to get access. Here's another thing. We're joking that they're like uh, Irish mobsters, which I'm a big fan of. You're a big I, fan of Irish mobsters. I, I really Being am. Irish yourself. Oh, b- believe me. The I, mobster side, you and, don't and, really live. And, and I'm going to get into, I'm gonna get into that in the podcast because I, I do have some really good stories about Irish mobsters. So um, These guys are Irish mobsters. That, well, that's they're political yeah, mobsters. They're political, but, they, but they're a money-making machine like most mobsters. You gotta, it's all about the money. And uh, they had they ran an operation. I'll give you an example. We're we're joking that they're mobsters. Guess who? Mobsters. Uh, go ahead. Uh, well, Sorry. well, you're going to appreciate this. Guess who was one of Hunter's uh, business partners in one of the many LLCs? Whitey Bulger's nephew. Whitey Bulger, the well, boss. Well, it wasn't Whitey Bulger. It was his nephew. James. That's I, I, perfect. No, I, I get it. But how ironic. <laughs> how ironic that Hunter's doing business. Whitey Bulger's name is James Bulger. James his Bulger. Nephew, his nephew's name is James Bulger, and it's his nephew. Could you imagine if, if, if Don Jr. was in business with Gotti's nephew? Like it would be on the tabloids and the news every day. Like what are the cha- like? Someone's probably saying he's bust. He's he's making this up. Yeah. No, I'm not making this up. James Bulger, the son of the famous Irish mobster out of Boston, is one of Hunter's LLC partners, business partners, and it's some That's of these amazing. deals. Isn't that What's amazing? What's their business? What's that? What business are they in? Who the, the Bulger and. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, they were they were they were involved in like when they were dealing with China, they were involved in mines, they were involved in uh, technologies. Oh, they, they were doing the brokering work. Yeah, all that all that kind of LLC business they were involved in. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Because how many LLCs were there? Like 20, 21. 21 LLCs. Yeah. yeah. 
So, but here, this is something I want to give them credit for, and I think we've talked about this before. You would be you would do your, uh, uh, would be a great broadcast if you took these twenty one LLCs and broke them down. Yeah. Like, yeah. what did each one do? What's the name of each one? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd seriously, have to, think I'd about ha- that. I'd have to bring in five forensic accountants to sit during the show. It'd be so complicated because they well, knew what they were doing. They they well, really knew what they were doing. Yeah, but just the fact that the t- there's 21. Really, what are they called? Absolutely. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, well, yeah. what did each one do? I'd like yeah. to know that, right? Yeah. That, that'd be a great broadcast. Yeah. Listen. Uh, Nobody's addressed you, it. You've been an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur. I've I've never had. The only time you have multiple LLCs if you own real estate, like Donald Trump, because they're all high risk and you don't want them tied together if one property has an accident or something goes wrong. So that's a business where you do have money. There was no real estate business with these guys. These were These were corporations with 21 different LLCs with no product, no purchasing office, no accounting department. It it was a huge scam. But one of their scams that I thought was brilliant and I pat them them on their back was the artwork scam. That is the greatest greatest scam of all time. The greatest (laughs) scam of all time. Because it worked. Because it worked. But it it is such a brilliant idea because – if you're like, God, we got to raise money for the family. We got to pay for all the lawyers. I'm getting sued. I'm Hunter Biden. What do I do? I can't open a factory and get my dad's friends to buy product because then I'd have to buy product. I'd have to make something, hire an accountant, hire a sales team. But if I sit in a room and throw co- paint on a canvas, I could then sell it to somebody for $350,000. You know, that that is interesting. You want to talk about this? Because yes. I think it's worthy, right? The yeah. art scandal of Hunter Biden's where he's the artist and he's selling to people. If you remember, the official uh, statement of the White House was that they had no involvement or idea or understanding in, uh, of, the, of, of that whole enterprise and that the guy that was running the art gallery – um, was not going to disclose or say anything about who the buyers are. Yep. That just came out recently yeah. Yeah. that they know who these buyers are. Yeah. And that that, that that guy said that that was a lie and he never, ever had any interface with the White House. Yeah. Well, do you know why the White House said that? No, I'd like to know why the White House said okay, that. Okay. So the, well, they would say it because they don't, because they want to be arm's length with everything. Well, well, it, and it, once again, it's, it's a perfect plan. So the White House says, that Hunter's artwork, even Hunter wouldn't know who he sold his artwork to. Right. The broker was also like a non-disclosure, would never tell the, the, the White House who bought the artwork because if the White House didn't know who bought the artwork, they couldn't deliver a favor. But the key is that Hunter didn't know who any of the purchases and, were. And the White House too, because if the White House knew Joe Schmo bought a five hundred thousand dollar painting, and he was involved in uh, climate change at a climate business. <laughs> climate he would, business. He would get a return on that investment twenty times, yeah. right, for buying the artwork. So the White House would say, "If we do, so, there's no no one can accuse us of anything. We'll have no idea." who bought Hunter's high artwork and neither will Hunter. But guess what we found out too when it's being revealed? And there's going to be more being revealed. One of the women who bought one of the uh, a few pieces of the artwork, she was appointed to some preservation, very prestigious global preservation uh, council uh, by Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, so once again, 
everybody is getting the wool pulled over their oh, eyes. Oh, no, no, it, no, no. All... Do you know who one of the major purchasers of the artwork that Hunter Biden did is? Wasn't it the guy that stormed into the uh, Congress the other day with him, the lawyer out in uh, California? Yeah, so in, yeah. With conversation you and I had, right? Yeah. I, when, Hunter was, when Hunter walked into uh, a, a while ago, when he walked into Congress and they were going to find him in contempt, yeah. and he sat in the audience and then he, he left, that was all so that they they could have the film crew say, "Look, Hunter was in, in he definitely was in Congress, right? He was there. That's all that is. It's yeah. to fool people. Yeah. But he was sitting with to his left, his lawyer, and to his right, I sent you a picture of this guy. Yeah. When it ha- occurred, and I said, "Who is this guy? Yeah. Right. I didn't hear back from you. Oh, okay. But then I, I gave know it, who he is. You know who he is. Yeah. Because I then I gave it back to you, and I actually have the the text message right in front of me. Yeah. That I that I threw at you, right? Major buyer of Hunter's artwork and the guy that paid his bills as well. Yeah. The guy that they joke around that they call him, he's his sugar brother. Yeah. This is the guy named Kevin Moore. Yeah. Right? Some kind of wealthy guy out of California. He's a lawyer and entertainment guy. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's footing the bill for all this. Yeah. And he's running around with Hunter, right, to be in front of people. And if you if you watched any of that broadcast, which I did, that lawyer is just getting a kick out of being there yeah. and and seeing the whole circus. He thinks it's actually hilarious. That's the, the guy right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. He's building his brand. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah. he's doing. So I'm like, why would this guy be putting this money out, of hunt, out to Hunter? And then by, you just said it. Oh, Hunter doesn't know who purchased his paintings, except for the guy that's sitting right with him in the frigging Congress. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an... So, in plain sight. It's it's yeah. It's it's like undercover in your face. It's right in your face. Yeah. yeah. Because most of the world doesn't pay attention to the things that you pay that you pay attention to. Well, well the, for real. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually crediting them for the artwork scam. I think it's a brilliant idea. It is a brilliant it, idea. It, it was a brilliant it, idea. It, it raised it, a lot of money. It, it was it was great stuff. Um, did you purchase one? No, no, I did not. Um, I couldn't afford one. Well. Um, I'm waiting for the prints to come out. So I might buy a print. Yeah. <laughs> one of 500. Yeah. What a Hunter Biden originals. So, you know, you, you brought up when he, when he stormed into Congress and said, I'm not, when Congre- Congress has subpoenas you, a committee, you know, you go into a private room and there's Democrats and Republicans. And Hunter says that I'm not playing by those rules. I'm making my own rules. I want to have a, a public hearing. Yeah. But that that's not how it works. Uh, it's, yeah, but I'm the president's son. Well, when Don Jr. got subpoenaed for the Russian interference. Five times. When he went in, he did not say, I demand to have this public appearance. He just went in behind closed door. There was a deposition. Yeah, he answered. And he did it. So did he, Eric too. And by he the answered way. the questions. Let me but anyway. I, let's go back to the family of the Bidens. I, I but you know what? I I gotta tell two stories here, and I'm right. I, I might have talked to you, and it's and and then we're moving off. You Trump. can do whatever you want, OG. We're we're moving off. We're moving off Trump, and we're gonna go to Kamala. But these are are two inter- interesting stories about the Russian collusion when they brought Don in, when he was sitting there. You remember the famous meeting he had with a Russian lawyer in New York City? Yeah. And the Democratic Committee was like, that was that is the collusion. That's yep. the, the helping his father be a Russian spy. Right. The, we got him here. Yeah. So when they bring him in, 
they start saying, well, who arranged this meeting with this Russian lawyer you met with, this private, secret, hidden Russian? He goes, and I forget the guy's real name, so I'll make it up, but he goes, Igor so-and-so, and, and the Democrats are like, is he a Russian? And he's like, yeah, I think, yeah, he's Russian. And they're like, so you're telling us this Igor brought in this, like, they're, like they're, he said, and I read the transcripts. You can read what the back and forth was, because this is all public information. Yeah, they were almost drowned in their own saliva. They are that. so excited about this. But yeah. as they start working through the story, you can tell Don is kind of like, what's the big deal with Igor? Like, <laughs> so they're like, so this Igor, he's like, a Russian, like he's like, they believe he's a KGB agent, of right? Course he is, yeah. But he's been in America for years. So they say, well, how do you know him? And he goes, because the guy's in the kind of in the entertainment industry. So he would see a, a real estate location or an investment that the Trump, the Trump's, uh, the Trump uh, organization. organization might be interested in. Yeah. And they're like, oh, really? He was interested in the Trump. And he goes, yeah, he would find properties. And as they keep going down, trying to get something like this guy is a KGB guy, they're like, they're like, well, how did you meet him? And he's like, like, wait, like he can tell this is going off the rails. He goes, Igor was Michael Jackson's manager. <laughs> and they, they they all got depressed. Yeah. Like, like this, this. Just because he's Russian, he's been working in America. He, he was Michael Jackson's manager. Yeah. And they were all so depressed. And it reminds me of another story. They dragged D Donald Trump's driver in, uh, who's kind of his body man and his driver for years. And he yeah. works for the Trump. And, and Trump goes over to Russia for the Miss World. You remember he was in charge of the Miss World beauty pageant or he whatever? He a piece of it. Yeah. Uh, Miss so, Universe or so whatever it was. they believe at that time is when the prostitutes came in to pee on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So they bring in his driver and this was one as they're as they're digging on this private this committee the Democrats are digging in. So they say to this kind of big guy probably from Queens, they're they're like, "So have you ever been sent to get anything for Donald?" And he goes, well, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and he they're like, "Well, did he ever ask you to go acquire something for him?" Yeah. He goes, no, no. Well, what do you do? Well, I, I drive him, but he's never asked you to do him a favor. Like they believe that he might have been the guy that brought the girls up for Donald. All right. So then so then one of the questions is, have you ever bought anything for Mr. Trump, purchased anything on his behalf that he didn't want to purchase himself? And the guy goes, no, he's a billionaire. Why would I why would I buy him anything? <laughs> and he, they're like, you're so you've never bought him anything. And he goes, no. And then he goes, wait, 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 wait. No, I did once. I bought him in a gift shop. I bought him milk duds. <laughs> and once again, they all get depressed. And that's what he hits them with. I bought, yeah. I bought milk duds for What him. did the milk duds have in them that you... <laughs> Like you talk about being on a fishing expedition that Hillary Clinton set up. It was unbelievable. We're talking about the Biden family yeah, here, by the way. We're going, right? I know. I'm good. But there's one thing about the Trump family that I just have to interject yeah. into this is that they've been vetted so hard, so fast, so thoroughly, so deeply. The fact that they didn't find anything really on this guy, I'm talking about Trump, yeah. is amazing. It's amazing because when you revert back and you go to, and I don't want to make this a Trump versus Biden thing, yeah. but if they, the same scrutiny, and this is what the right always screams about, if it was put on the Biden family the same way it was put on the Trump family, it'd be a much different story. It wouldn't be about the milk duds. 
right? It wouldn't be. No. It would be about things a lot deeper, uh, deeper and dark than milk duds. And illegal. And Ill- of course, and yeah. illegal, right? Yeah. And money being raised from federal government because Joe's got his nose in there. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So yeah. you know what? We I think we did a good job today wrapping up. Uh, the Biden family, by the way, after all of this, when you sit there and you hear all the hyperboles of um, the things about the Biden family that are typical in the airwaves and going one ear and out the other. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And everybody just regurgitates. If they got as deep into the Biden family as you did here, and you can go a lot deeper than this, oh, the God, things that yeah. you found, it would be a never-ending saga that could play on Netflix for 12 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's good for 12 seasons. Yeah, there's there's a lot here. The corruption is unbelievable. Well, I want to thank you for Which coming. You, by the way, you didn't yeah. even talk about the corruption with Joe Biden. No, I mean, that, we and listen, we, we've we said it five times throughout the podcast. There's so much. There's so many uh, roads we can go down. We'll do it again. There's so much more to cover. But I want to thank you for coming in. And uh, well, I, appreciate I think it. we covered a good, uh, a, a good amount of the... Uh, the Biden family and not getting into the day-to-day politics. So thanks. It was great having you, Brian. Thank you. 